All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another episode. We're not one and done. We're um, we're at least two. So we got legendary coach um, Brian Jensen, both uh, used to be my swim coach before I retired. And then um, it is currently uh, Luke's swim coach right now. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Brian. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Are you um, are you in bed right now? <laughs> or what? Tell the viewers what's going on here. Oh no, 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 no! It's it's not quite that. I I would like to be, but no. I just got done with the very uh, head scratching, brain poking entries to Y Nationals. All right, let's get uh, into that. Who, who's who's entered this year, Brian? Yep. Uh well, yours. Uh, Truly, there, Luke Dankard, <laughs> Jean Jean-Luca Raguzzo, Raguzzo, yep, Raguzzo. Sorry, uh, the uh, esteemable Navinsky, Catherine, All right, and Lily Brennan. If you can believe it, Gigi's younger sister. That's crazy. That is hard to believe. All righty. Uh, all right, Brian. We're gonna we're gonna start from the beginning. How did you get into coaching? Well, it was, do you need something to do? Yeah. <laughs> you think you can do some coaching? I'll give it a shot. It's kind of how it happened pretty much. And you were a swimmer yourself, right? I was, yes. Yes, yes. What was, uh, what, what strokes did you swim? Butterfly. Oh, just 100 and 200 or? 100, yeah, 200 when I had to, uh, you know, the freestyles I am. A little backstroke. Um, so no uh, what? When did when did you get into coaching? Like you said, you just got kind of thrown into the role. What year? What year was this? Yeah, let's get the this. This was like 1989. Oh, oh man, seasoned so, uh, veteran in the house. <laughs> 2022 minus. That is 33. See, see they 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 wanted me to help out uh, with high school a little bit. I got you. And they said, here, coach these beginning swimmers. And uh, after the, about the first two practices, they're kind of like, we don't care about swimming. We think you're an idiot. So I kind of <laughs> stopped for a while after that. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. Uh, so then, so then how did you get back? How did you, you find your way back into it after you, after you quit for a little Well, while? again, they, they, you know, they said, hey, we need somebody to help coach the, the younger kids, you know, the 9, 10, 11-year-olds. Ooh. So there's a couple kids that, uh, yeah, you know, they were willing to learn and they were really appreciative of what I did for them. So, you know, when you got somebody like that, that that's wow, you made a difference in my life. Then you kind of get hooked. Ah, I see. Uh, what was the, what's the first highlight of your swimming coaching career that you remember? Uh, probably just that you know there's somebody that really appreciated the help i gave them yeah so did you like take those kids to like midwesterns or did you get them like the sectionals well no i didn't <laughs> get any nine-year-olds to sectionals but, <laughs> but uh, uh, well really the, you know the, that that first summer you know then then i started in the winter and then i got a group of uh uh you know about eight or nine kids that were in the nine and 10, 11 year old range. Uh, one of them being Alan Usher, Scott's older brother. 
Oh. And these kids, by the end of their first season, they were making Midwesterns. Jeez. It's really had them. So, like... It was a it was a really good group. There was a, a you know at the time though, it, it was you know a group that you know started breaking a lot of age group records of, of that time, and uh, I had uh, like several of them at one time. After about two years, I had three of them, actually four of them, three boys, one girl that made all stars. So, oh, okay, that's that's hyped. So <clears throat> you, you you got kids that are going to all stars and midwesterns, but. How did you go from Midwesterns and All-Stars to <laughs> training an Olympian and, um, and Scott Usher? What happened? Well, you know, you just got a group that um, started believing that they could do more than, than that. You know, they, they made these steps and they were a couple of made zones. And then it was kind of like you, you keep looking for what's the next level. You know, what's the, after after – uh, zones what's the next level and there it was a few years that we kind of got well kind of got stuck but that was so that was when i got fired so that kind of got things stuck for a little bit and then then what happened was i came back and scott was just finished his freshman year of high school and they actually made him a backstroker because oh. they had a, a, several good you know breaststrokers a couple of the other kids i had before and you know, so he was at the time when he was a freshman, the third breaststroker on the team. So they needed a backstroker. So they made him do backstroker, and that really pissed him off. He says, "I know I could beat these kids." And I'd just gone to a uh, coaching clinic, and uh, the the breaststroke at that time was starting to change. There was there's doing the you know the Hungarians were changing breaststroke, and uh, a couple of coaches were moving in in the U.S. And there's a bunch of really strange breaststroke techniques. And I said, hey, let's give him a, give him a shot. Because you know, at the time, breaststrokers were usually short, stocky guys. You know, the really tall guys didn't get into breaststroke. And Scott <clears throat> was really tall and long arms and long legs. So I figured this uh, different style would help him. So, you know, he was ready to change his breaststroke because, you know, he wanted to beat these guys. He said, let's completely retool your breaststroke. And so we completely retooled his breaststroke. And then he started getting to these national meets. And then after that, everybody else was like, hey, we can probably do that too. So we got a kid that can do it. Why can't we do it? So you coached uh, Scott. When was that? He won back-to-back state, right? Yeah, see, uh, his sophomore year, he, they, they started letting him through the breaststroke. And that year he went like something like a 102 and was third at state. And then the two guys above him were both seniors. So next year's like, well, you should, you're the fastest returning guy. So you should win it. And then that's when his breaststroke, that summer, his breaststroke started taking off. And, you know, the, the that, then the, that next year he won the state. And then the year after that, he made junior national. So, and then that's when all of the, the start of the big schools started looking at to recruit him. The, the good old days when 102 would get you third at state, right? <laughs> yeah, nowadays, 57 high barely makes A finals. <laughs> that means quick this year. Um, Were there any fast suits back then, Brian, or was it just Speedos all the way? Uh, there was, I mean, they started bringing jammers in. <laughs> Those things. <laughs> well, the, at the time, you know, there was a, a lot of it. And, you know, there were some boys that would, you know, they would, wear bicycle 
you know, training shorts, the swimming. Because, you know, at the time, uh, you know, the, the things were different at that time. And, and uh, boys were a little embarrassed by wearing Speedos. So the, the reason, the, one of the things to get boys uh, into it was, you know, having the, the leg, the, the longer jammer suits, you know, so they weren't, weren't embarrassed. In fact, uh, uh, when Scott started, we were talking, you know, his dad was getting involved with on the parents committee and he was looking at those speedos and going, uh, my boys aren't wearing these. These are, these are a little too skimpy. <laughs> so I'm not kidding. Yeah. So he, he was one of the boys to wear bigger suits. And yeah, in fact, it's Scott. Um, I remember having to zip him up at <clears throat> this meet because, you know, at the time the guys could wear, they were starting to bring the, the, the body suits were starting to come along at that point. So guys were wearing, you know, suits that were, you know, all the way up to their shoulders. So I remember, you know, he'd go, Hey, zip me up. It was a little different. You know, usually you didn't do that with guys, but we were doing it at that meet. Jeez. So, Wait, so, so Scott graduates high school and then where does he go to? Goes to Wyoming. University of Wyoming. Okay. And then, um, cause they pretty much gave him a full, they gave him like 80%, which is unreal for, for what you'd get for a swimming scholarship. Usually you're, you know, you'll, you're, if you're an Olympian, you'll get like half 50% or something, right. but they were giving him that because, you know, they saw his potential. So Scott comes back and then do you train him before trials? Well, his first year he came back and his coach says, Oh, he qualified for seniors. You know, and if you want to take him, you can, I'm not, I'm not too thrilled about him. He's kind of getting a little tired about what he did. So, um, I remember that me, we, it's in, uh, Fort Lauderdale and Michael Phelps was just becoming a name. What year, what year would this have been? This was 2001. So this is like, oh, no, 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 this was 2002. Sorry. So this is like Scott's what year in college here. It was right after his freshman year. Okay. So, uh, we go to this meet and, you know, he's swimming. Okay. And he's seated, you know, out of. 50 kids in the 100 breaststroke, he seated like 44th or something. Jeez. And he's, you know, in one of the first heats and he wins his heat quite handily. Um, 104 something uh, makes the Olympic trial cut okay. in the 100 breaststroke and makes the C final. So at senior comes back and then and, and does really well and is, is, College coach is like, what the hell did you do with them? You know, <laughs> I want to see every practice he did that summer because we we started what we were doing is we were uh, kind of getting to it was a kind of a newer thing at the time, race based training. So we were, uh, you know, all his practices were you need to hit these times. So we were we had certain you know his his uh, and his tuna breaststroke for instance we were looking at he wanted to go under 220 which was you know i think 219 was the olympic trial cut at the time so you know we knew knew he had to hold uh you know get out in about a 32 and then hold 34 is the rest of the way so we kind of based in he would do 200s in practice at a certain time frame and he would try to hit those hit those points in practice so i mean at that at the island of waste of course it's such a lovely pool but <laughs> he was a little bit a little bit a little bit off of that so we were Best like, in the nation. Hey, he's, he's uh but then that pool is like longer than it should be. So it's hard, really hard to tell what 
what <laughs> you know if, if he's training right or not. So he's hitting close to that. So we were kind of confident they could he could get close to that. And I mean, he didn't quite get the trials cut there and the 200 breaststroke. He was like a 221, so he's just a little bit off of that. Right. And then the next summer he did it. So, so the, but the next, but summer, then the fact that you know he got that confidence. In fact, I remember saying there the, the first night he wanted to come back and watch finals. Like, okay, we have nothing else to do, so we'll go up, watch finals. And uh, Michael Phelps is swimming the 200 IM. And at that meet, I, I don't know. If, yeah, I think at that meet is when he became the first American to go under two minutes in the 200 IM. And we were, I just had my watch. I was taking splits on him and took his uh, breaststroke split and showed it to Scott and said, you could do that. You could beat that. It's like, this guy just did that. Of course, Michael Phelps is not a breaststroker, but that's – Neither the point is like you could swim with this guy. This guy's like the American swimmer right now, and you could compete with him. So that gave him a lot of confidence just hearing that. At least I think so. So, <laughs> and that was what? So, are we still in 2002? Yeah, yeah that's seniors. Okay. So yeah. then 2003 comes around. Does he come back for the summer? Yes. He, he, he trains with us, and we're both this summer. Of course, he goes off his fishing trip in June, but he trains with <laughs> us. And then we, uh, we go to Maryland. Uh huh college park for uh for the uh, senior nationals there okay and uh, that's when you know the the guy that was uh, the fastest american the hunter breaster was there edward moses and of course uh a lot of people hear that story don't look at moses look at god for your turns because he was swimming next to moses in the breaststrokes and that's the guy to beat there michael phelps is there too but of course he's swimming um uh, yeah, because his hometown's in baltimore so you know, being in Maryland, you know, right next door, you can't miss that meet. So he swims there. And so Scott finishes second in the 200 breaststroke and third in the 100 breaststroke, I believe. And it's kind of like, you know, if you do that at Olympic trials next year, you're going to make the team. And we had a lot of confidence from that. And what, what was the excitement like that? 2003? That was, that was, it was, it was kind of like, you know, I, I thought that, is he was probably going to had a better chance in 2008. I just thought he was, you know, didn't have the experience in all these international or national meets yet that he had a better chance in, in 2008. But, but right then and there, we we're kind of like, you know, he's got a very, very strong chance to make it at next year, which he did. So, right. So, so fast forward 2004 summer. Does he come back to GI? No, he doesn't. He's, uh, training with you know he's training in altitude in in uh, uh, wyoming but then he does go to the olympic training center for two uh weeks in may and they wanted me to be there for for both both weeks but i couldn't be there for for both weeks so i was there for what eight days okay um and i actually his coach was they were kind of sick of each other so his coach said here you have him for the next week i'm leaving we got some practice for him. This is routine. So, so yeah, you got him. So, so you're coaching up yeah. right before the Olympic trials. Let's yeah. Basically the main thing, the main thing we did is, is he was, you know, training by himself, very hard training for, you know, after the NCAAs got done in, in mid-March, you know, he was training by himself with his coach really hard for you know a month and a half almost two months at before then and so they were really really pissed at each other they couldn't stand each other and he was getting sick of the training so what i did is is i just said hey 
you know, you think this training is good. I can throw it away and we can do something different. No, no, it's fine. I, I think it's working. Uh, so what's the problem? Well, I'm just tired of it. Well, then what I want you to do is I want you to remember how much swimming means to me, to you and why you're really doing this, you know, uh, have some fun with it, you know, just throw out all the shit and enjoy it. I mean, how many people get to do this? I said, this is very rare. You're, you're in fact, from, from your background and everything, you're the only one that's ever done it. So, you know, take pride in that, enjoy it. And I reminded me of some of the fun things and the things we did to break up the women practice. And one thing, you know, I, the World Herald asked me about this. And I told him, this completely off the record, which of course means they print it. <laughs> As I just remind him of the time that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd adjust my glasses when I used to wear glasses, you know, we, we were getting on each other a little bit and I'd adjust my glasses, you know, with a certain finger and he would clean his goggles with two certain fingers. And that was kind of a, a break the momentum thing, you know, it's, that, that you know, we, we did when, when, you know, things were getting a little bit out of hand is just kind of um, throw some stupid and childish in there to, to, you know, throw us, throw all that crap out of the way. And it's like, oh yeah, oh, that's, that's no big deal. We're, 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 we're having fun. So, uh, after easing the mood in the Olympic training center, you take him to 2004 Olympics and, uh, how does he do there? Well, let me say something. This, this is, you talk about one of the coolest, the coolest moments in my life. We are, we just got done with practice Okay. at the training center pool. And we're just walking back across the, you know, this big lawn back to the, the dorms. And we're going to throw our stuff in there. And then we're going to get some lunch and walking by. And there's a, there's a tour group coming in a tour group. And they're like the guy, the leader of the tour group stops us. And he says, so you guys training for the Olympics. I said, well, we're training for Olympic trials. We hope to make the Olympics. He's got a good shot. Oh no, that's good enough. That's good enough. So he goes over to this group, about 25 people, you know, adults. And he, and he says, line up, stand right by the pool, you know, the, the, the door to the pool, the, stand right there. And he just talks to these guys and he lines them up and they look at us and they start chanting USA, USA, <laughs> USA. And it's like, oh my God, this is like the coolest thing ever. It's, total strangers and they think we're on going to the Olympics, which we eventually did, but at the time we didn't know that. And they're just like getting all excited. Hey, yeah, we met an Olympian. Future, future Olympian. Future Olympian. <laughs> they didn't know that. They thought he was an Olympian, but and that was good enough for them. So So then you head out to trials. Where's trials hosted that year? Long Beach, California. Cali. It's it's basically they it's a, the first time they did this in a uh, uh, I don't want to say disposable pool, but you know, when it's uh, above ground, you know, you've yeah. slammed it together pools, you know, temporary yep. pools, I guess. And it was in the uh, they set it up where they have the uh, Los Angeles Grand Prix, it's a pit area where they set up, they, they put that up in the pit area. So we have this, and they have the big rickety uh, stands too, they're all <laughs> aluminum built, they're yeah, huge, it's like this, you know, the size of of uh but they're all temporary stands they're all just aluminum tacked together riveted together and i guess when the wind blew you everybody can feel it swaying so 
but it was cool. I got, I got in the, I was able to swim in the, the warm up, warm down pool. And you couldn't tell, you thought you were in a concrete pool. It was pretty, yeah. pretty cool. So you were there uh, coaching them up then at, at trials. Yeah, I was there. Uh, we were both there. Uh, uh, TJ, uh, the Wyoming coach and, and, uh, I guess they thought I was valuable. So I went up there too. Obviously you were valuable. If they brought you all the way out there, Brian, give yourself some credit. <laughs> well, it seemed to work. I mean, we were, we were set there and we, you know, they, they give you a, after each swim, they give you a detailed statute that, you know, two pages of every, every, you know, the breakout, uh, the, you know, at each section of the pool, what his stroke rate was, what his uh, velocity was, you know, how his turn speed. So we look at that and we'd, we'd sit there and pour over that and analyze and what everybody else didn't analyze his race and what he needed to do. So we also, at, at, as at trials, we, we, uh, the thing with the, the pool there is uh, one of the lanes has 10 cameras in it. So you, you swim down and back and then you got side view of above below to the side in front and back you have all these views to, to watch so we analyzed his stroke and uh, i noticed that he was uh, swimming a little bit to the i think he was uh, maybe to the left and so we um did found some drills in fact the um the uh, guy who was the uh, olympic well he was a coach in colorado one of the colorado teams there and he was also the Olympic coach for the triathlon, the swimming part of it. So he gave us some drills to help fix that too. So, so we uh, straightened his breaststroke out on it and made him a little flatter. And you know, we don't do the crossover drills, kind of what we'd use to fix that. So, but that's one of the things we did there too. So the gotcha. breaststroke final, take us, take us through it. Yep. Well, I mean. You know, he was the second seed there. So, you know, in, in prelims, there's prelims, and he was, um, went about a two, two thirteen. And then in semifinals, he was in the uh, first seat there. So he was the second seed going to that, went uh, uh, 211, 212 ish. And then, of course, Brendan Hansen, who was the American record holder and, in fact, broke the world record at that event, was next to him finals and so he went out pretty fast and he went out in a, like a 101 29 32 we were hoping uh he's going about a 30 33 the last three is what the, the pace was supposed to be so yeah it was right there with him at the 100 and of course he kind of got uh actually i think brendan went out in a 59 in the 100 but this was just, just crazy for a 200 breaststroke so he's a little bit behind him then the third 50 got a little bit farther behind him, but the last 50 actually at, when we looked at that, he was actually the fastest swimmer in the world on the final 50 of the tuna breaststroke, but he was uh, too far behind to catch him. So I think uh, he went something like a 208 and Scott went a 210, broke the world record and Scott was just right there. And all I remember is, is going, yeah, you, you know, the first person automatically makes the team the second person typically does but they can only take uh, 25 male and 25 female swimmers so you know when they fill the relay spots you kind of know when you're going to get in as a second swimmer and, and of course you know he did get that but i uh, remember when he finished second you know it's all but on the team and we were setting up in the coach's box 
and TJ was like too, um, uh, two uh, rows above me. And all I can remember is looking around and go shake his hand and he was diving at me. So I had to like <laughs> catch him and not get crushed by that. So he was so excited. And as Scott said, because I was wearing a bright blue shirt that he knew where we were because I was the only one wearing a bright blue shirt and he could pick that out from the stand. So that was pretty cool. So uh, he doesn't, he, does he swim the hundred breast there as well or just the two breasts? He did. He was third. So uh, he didn't quite get in there. I mean, it was, it was I know Hanson went 59. It was, uh, I think, broke the world record at that point. And I think the next guy was a 100.9 and Scott was a 101.0. So just like a tenth of a second. So, oh. so um, just shortly, like later there, you go to show up at the Olympics. Uh, you uh, tell the story of meeting Michael Phelps there. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get to Greece. Um, couple reasons one it was i didn't have the cash to you know drop five thousand dollars to go to europe for the olympic trials and number two i was got hired as the head coach for high school that year and i had to complete in two months they hired me in in july and by august i had to have uh um you know a couple hundred hours of classwork done to be able to be a head coach so i didn't have the time either to do it so and no. typically they, they don't. But really Michael Phelps, we met Michael Phelps when we were training at the Olympic Training Center. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Aquatic Club of Baltimore, North Baltimore Aquatic Club, brought their Olympic team. And, you know, they had 20 kids on their Olympic team uh, to train there. So they were trained there the, you know, the same time we were. That's when we met Michael Phelps, which is quite the process. You didn't go, hey, Michael, how are you? No, you had to put it really put an application with his coach, and then his coach would set up a time and place where you could meet him. And if you had anything for him to sign, it had to be approved. I'm not Jeez. kidding. His coach was <laughs> is is, and you, uh, you, I'm sure Michael would say this himself. Uh, very, very controlling. <laughs> but I got room with him at the Olympics. That would be a cool experience. Yeah. You know, typically they don't take all the coaches, right? They usually just have a head team coach for the for the U.S. swimming team. Yeah, they they have a, a a staff, probably about five or six people. But you know, if you have somebody, if you're uh, Missy Franklin's coach or Michael Phelps's coach or Katie Ledecky's coach, you'll get on the team. Gotcha. But the the head coach is selected by a whole a long and arduous process, and you have to be coaching like national level swimmers for you know 20 years to even be considered so it's geez tough to get in so what did that mean brian to, to coach an olympian well you, you know uh, sometimes it gives me confidence that hey you know i i know what i'm doing and sometimes like i just like no that never happened <laughs> Brian, it happened. <laughs> come on you gotta you gotta be a bit more excited about it, Brian. It's a pretty big deal. Well, it, it is, but it's also, you know, I have to back off on this now. And now it's, you know, you get there and it's like, well, where's the next one coming from? <laughs> you, you know, uh, where's the next one gonna be from? And you know, it's, 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 you know, every every four years, 
25 males and 25 females out of, you know, there's, you know, there's 1200 people at the Olympic trials, 1200 people and, and figure that out. How much, what is that a percentage of it? Like 5% less, 1% maybe. Um, every, every four, every four years, that's all it gets in there out of a thousand people at the trials. And then you're talking about there's thousand people at the trials, but there's what, 20,000, 30,000 kids swimming. So it's probably the toughest thing to do. In fact, it's happened a couple times when someone who has broken the world record did not make the American swim American Olympic team. Crazy. That is insane. All right, taking a step away from Scott Usher. So after that, you come down from coaching an Olympian back to high school, Grand Island Senior High swim team. So uh, where do you take it from there? Well, to uh, tell you the truth, <laughs> at the end of my first year, what they said is, if you know, it's a good thing that you guys coach because, I, in fact, uh, the first the first year, this is before the Olympics. The first year, I was just an assistant coach. But yeah. the previous year, they had a lady that her previous coaching experience to being a uh, to being an assistant high school coach was coaching eight and unders at Hastings. And then she was assistant coach for one year, and then they gave her the head coach. And uh, you know that she didn't know what she was doing. The kids knew that she was didn't didn't know what she was doing and they pushed that probably too much. <laughs> uh, she, she actually made plans. She had a date the Saturday of finals at state. That was how confident she was. that kids were going to make finals, which they didn't. And in fact, there was so many complaints that after my first year coaching, they said, if you guys wouldn't have done what you did, we would have canceled swimming. We would have killed it. Dang. Yeah, Brian came in for the clutch. Brian saving swimming. In yep. fact, that that year, that year, if you can believe this, we had one event make finals. The boys, two hundred medley relay made finals. They were eleventh. Their time. What do you think their time was? Two hundred medley. I'm gonna say one forty-five. Add oh, six no. seconds to that. Yeah. 151. Yeah. 151 made 11th. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I think. Yeah. What, things have changed a bit since then. We went 140 point this year and made like 12. <laughs> yeah. Things have changed quite a bit since then. It's, it's gotten extremely fast. Yep. Yeah. We, my, uh, we were 136, Brian. Let's go. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the records are correct on that it's, one. Yeah, it still stands. So, um, so you start high school coaching, you get a a group of guys coming through, like the Matt, Kyle Whiteley. What do you think of those guys when they're just getting there? Well, that that, that took a while. I mean, um, yeah, my first. It was interesting, you know, my 13 and 14 year old do harder practices than my high school boys did it when I first started. In fact, I remember I, I, it took me a year, maybe two years before I was able to get a practice where I didn't have anybody sit out part of it. 
That's uh... the, the, the first couple of years. The first year was was actually it was it was fun. There was no drama because the year before was so bad, and everybody was so happy that you know we got the right goals and the right uh, ideas going, and and we wanted to do well. And we started the process then, but it took me several years to get the culture and the mindset going. Um, you know, the the first year we did Hell Week. We didn't do black practices. We did what we called Hell Week. And we did that over Christmas break. And then I remember talking to Scott Asher and uh, Adamanya, who's a Polish Olympian at the trials in 2004, and just listening to them. And what they were talking about gave me the idea for black practices. So we started doing those and we started pushing, you know, the hard work culture and, and, you know, the do things right and a lot of technique and, you know, um, things started improving. I mean, the records, records were tough. The girls relay records were the two and free relay was a new event. So we seemed to break that about every month for the first couple of years. The uh, 200 medley took me a long time, probably about six years break. And the, the 400 free relay took me probably seven or eight years to, to get finally get broken. And the boys' records didn't get broken until we got a Novinsky in there. In fact, we had to get two Novinskys in there to start breaking those boys' relay records. But, you know, once we got those kids in there, then they started to bring other, other kids up because, you know, they would always... Uh, you know, I, I talked about the girls' breaststrokers when I had, you know, the Walmires come up and Sarah Kobeck and, and Cassie Watts, and they came up. And uh, I know there's a couple girls that were pretty good, but they didn't like them very much because they weren't going to listen to them. But I said, oh, no, let's let's take this set easy. They're like, nope, nope, we're not going to take this set easy. We're going to push it hard. And if you go last or set out, well, that's too bad. And, you know, and then Daniel Levinsky was one that uh, – I think my favorite black practice was, was uh, when he was a freshman and Scott, um, uh, actually Luke, another Luke, Luke Van Wee was there and Luke, he was the top dog and he didn't want this freshman coming in and making him look bad at practice. And I remember this black practice, he was determined to win this double black practice. Nothing was going to stop him. But there's this kid in the lane next to him is Daniel Nabinsky that was staying with him. And I asked Daniel later, but, and he would look at Daniel and just glare at him. And Daniel would just look back at him and just have this stupid loopy grin on his face. And he would just give him this loopy grin. And he's just like, Oh my God, that kid is so stubborn to kill him. I said, <laughs> I asked Daniel, I said, why'd you have that grin on your face? What are you doing? Like, I was so tired. I couldn't do anything else. I didn't even know I was grinning. I was just so tired. But I, I couldn't give any other expression. I said, you know how, how it pissed Luke off? Really? Cool. <laughs> Jeez. So, so then you know, once have... we got people going like that and you know the, the hard work and then you'd see your times drop and you know all these records starting falling and then the, so everybody started saying that's the way things are. It wasn't like you know, we didn't expect anything else. We expected you go in here, worked hard, and you got good, and you broke records. And that's the way the, the system worked. They didn't know anything else. Gotcha. So then you have a, a guy named Matthew Novinsky come through. 
freshman year win the hundred back at state and then continues to do it for three more years after that. So well, is is this you know going into his freshman year? Uh, there is probably six of the top eight boys were all seniors. Okay, and you know the top five I think were all seniors, and the other ones were right around what he was doing as a as a fourteen year old. So I said, Matt, you can win the hunter back as a freshman. He's like, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, look at these times. I said, you're getting bigger and you're getting taller and you're dropping time. These guys are, are not getting bigger and taller and they're just staying where they are. You're going to, you can win it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, he kind of thought that was possible, but he you know, wasn't really convinced. And then, you know, as I just sent him a thing his freshman year, he was undefeated in the backstroke and had the fastest times going to the state. But, you know, he he wasn't that much higher than anybody else. But, you know, he was the favorite. And he didn't, wasn't really convinced. And there was a couple boys that were thinking they could beat him. And he's a freshman. He, he was inexperienced. We get in his head. So they're trying to get in his head. So I told some of the girls, I said, just distract him. Just, you know, tell him goofy stuff. Get, get uh, you know, get his mind off it. And anytime I saw him, I just said, Matt, you're going to win it. Just believe in yourself. You'll win it. You got the best technique. You're, you're, you're the fastest kid. You're going to win it. Well, he didn't talk to me too much. Uh, eventually, he just hid. He just found a spot where nobody could find him except for we we did eventually have people find him which they did which was good because you need to be there for his events <laughs> i know his hunter fly he made he, he should have made a final but he made b final um because he was so nervous the relays i remember the, the 200 free relay um we were up, up against crate and prep and people didn't like prep and you know we were you know close to him and so people were cheering for us and i know in prelims Somebody in the prep club was the only one of minutes took a flash photo. And so there was a false start and Matt was leading off and he gets about halfway in the pool and they just grab the rope and just keel haul him with it. So he gets down, he's got this giant red mark all down. It's like, of course they don't disqualify prep, but we beat him in, and in, uh, in the preliminary heat, which everybody gets excited about. Of course they switched the relay and beat us in the finals, but, but <laughs> So that didn't help him. And he gets the backstroke and he wins his heat and he's the top seed going in. And the other kid's really close to him and he's just getting on him as much as he can. So Matt hides again. And he's all nervous. And he gets up there and he 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 wins it. It's by you know pretty good, pretty good amount, you know, half body length or so. And then he's so relieved. I mean, his butterfly gets in swims his butterfly and he's last. He's dead last. He's a horrible time. Relay does all right. Gets the backstroke, wins that. Then he's so relieved that he barely swims the 400 free relay. And we could have finished like fourth, but he just wasn't, he didn't care. He just swam it. And he probably added two seconds to his best split, but he didn't care. And that was all right. Jeez. All right, shots fired, Matt. <laughs> bring you on the next podcast so you can speak for yourself. <laughs> Yeah. No, is... I just remind him that he asked me for some th- something for some kind of 
class about his story about him or he learns something and i so that's what i put out there that's pretty much what i put out there so i don't think he's disputing it yeah that's dirty uh yeah so then he goes on to win state sophomore year again because he's obviously the favorite so yeah, he broke the record his sophomore year broke the record his junior year broke the record his senior year gotcha but i mean those he was swimmer than me in all three of those years oh well, he's yeah. the only one that broke a record on the boys' side, I think, at those times. But oh, okay, I got you. Did he? Um, he swam the hundred fly there, didn't he? As well. Yeah, he is uh, junior. He won the hundred fly, and then he was for some reason uh, didn't want us to do his senior year, so his senior year he won the two hundred free. Okay, <laughs> just pick an event and won it. Yeah, and then he goes. That was, that was a fast time. Oh, it was one thirty nine eighty six, I think. Yeah, that's that's speedy. So then he commits to uh, Wisconsin. I, I actually, I want to find the photo. It's of Brian standing next to Matt. And Brian is like a reformed human nowadays. He looks completely different. And it's him standing next to Matt with a Wisconsin shirt on. Well, Matt has the Wisconsin shirt. Well, I have one too, but I probably wasn't wearing it then. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember uh, he, I was uh, doing a video chat with him at the time I was wearing a Minnesota swimming shirt which probably didn't sit with too i know it just didn't sit too well with him because he's like their biggest rival so <laughs> but then he's the one that would wear michigan hats because the m stood for matthew even though it was a michigan hat which which really turned off the ohio state recruiter you know he's like, uh, hey man i want to meet here's the last guy he's wearing a michigan hat that's not going over well <laughs> <laughs> so uh then you have the second Novinsky come through. You get John in there. John does the same thing Matt does. Walk us through that. Well, again, the same deal. I mean, um, you know, the guys that were winning the 500 were all graduating, the top three or four, and the rest were, you know, he was within, you know, seven or eight seconds of their time, like, Jonathan, you're dropping huge amounts of time. You know, this year you dropped 20 seconds or 500. You know, you could drop 15 or, and then you're going to be just destroying these guys. No, no, they're, this guy, and he was even more specific about it. This guy's going to do this next year. This guy's going to do this year, this year. And this guy's going to do this next year. And I'll be fourth. So it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, just get that out of your head. You're going to beat them. You're going to come on. You're growing. You're going to beat them. And, you know, again, the same thing. He, you know, State, he was, you know, by the time he got to State, he, he knew he was going to win it. So, I didn't have that quite the same problem there. But, you know, the first couple of meets, he's like, oh, I guess I can do this. I'm These guys I thought were pretty good, I'm kicking their butt. Yeah, just keep doing that, and you'll be all right, which he did. Jeez. I, you know, I just wish, I just wish the things would have been better his senior year. He should have won it all four years, but, you know. Yeah, that was a COVID happens, and what can you do about it? Yeah, and then you got that injury in there. All righty. Uh, I have Luke Anchor, I do not know who that is. Never heard of the guy. Um, no, no, there's a, there's a kid. They're supposed to be really, really smart, but I've never met him. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, um, <laughs> <Not> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what is what your... we should talk about? And I know I mentioned this a couple times. Every time we go to Y Nationals, Paul's epic 50 freestyle at Y Nationals. His final yes. swim. Final swim. <laughs> yeah, I got to break 20. I want to go 21 something. I haven't gone 21 something. How do I get to 21 something? 
Well, Paul, something that might help, might help, but you gotta, you gotta really pay attention when you do this. You got to anticipate, you know, it's like what drag racers do. You kind of anticipate the start a little bit, but you got to really watch the starter. You got to get kind of his rhythm in your head. Okay. 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 I'm I time trial. My last time trial. I'll do it there. Take your mark. He did Paul. Paul. I don't know what Paul's thinking, but take your mark. Paul goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know that anybody else has even completely came down yet, but Paul was off the box and moving and everybody else is like, what the? Yeah, you know, add your own word there, and and but you know, it was a brilliant swim. I he I I got in my watch was like twenty one mid, so I, I think you know I'm using about four tenths off, so I think it would have been twenty one seven, twenty one eight, if he would have swam it legally. But and everybody's really impressed with the swim. It's just like too bad that didn't count. <laughs> it does sting a little bit, but it's a good story, I guess. Um, I'll never know because my mom decided to. Had the camera, she decided to put it down. Well, you know, it's a false start. We, you know, we're gonna stop and do it again. But so we don't record that. We should have. <laughs> I finished it out though, because I, I knew they were. Oh, it was, it was, it was like I said, it was probably your best swim. <laughs> it was a pure, the purest fifty I've ever seen. <laughs> Jeez. Man. All right, Brian. Favorite swim memory of all time. Well, you know, obviously you would say it was the uh, Olympic trials swim, but I, I, you know, one of them, um, you know, it's a state and, you know, Hunter Backstroke, girls, Hunter Backstroke, Cassie Watts, trying to break a minute, trying to break a minute, trying to break a minute, you know, he gets that, breaks a minute, makes that national Y cut. Um, and you know how that bulkhead is, that's narrow and dangerous bulkhead at state between the, the diving pool and the, and the slippery, you know, it's oh, crowded. Yeah. Um, you know, but she, she hits that time. Walks the clock and she is so excited. Um, and she, Cassie's, you know, very tall, broad shouldered, you know, you know, she's not overweight or anything, but she's, you know, definitely, uh, powerful girl um gets out and i think she sprinted from her lane to where i was standing in the middle of the bulkhead and just hit me about as hard as you could i mean if i was you know the the running back going for the winning game winning touchdown super bowl and she was a (laughs) linebacker that had to stop me yeah that was kind of the hit i mean she about knocked me flat i was uh, the hardest hit i've ever ever gotten in my life i think (laughs) <laughs> all right i've uh what's your favorite drill my favorite oh you know it's it, it i i already know the, the one, answer one, one but... butterfly we know this oh uh, what the right left full butterfly but i i was expecting a different answer oh come right? on yeah you're expecting a breaststroke <laughs> drill, weren't you no i was expecting ketchup ketchup no that's not my favorite drill one of, a lot of my swimmers think it's it's the greatest drill and it is but but the the, the one is the one i you know I, I believe that i you know created that drill and it really does help the butterfly and the russians claim they stole it so that's that's you know you've never heard that story i'm sure paul has i have also heard that story yeah. <laughs> the, the russians stole your stole your drill um so one one one. Why do you choose that one? 
Well, it, it's because it's a good timing drill. As I said, it's probably the first drill that I came up with myself. So, you know, it's kind of the benchmark for all the other drills. I gotcha. You know, well, when you could you could make a drill that's effective and and it works, then you're like, hey, I can I can do this. I can do more. Yeah. Because when you I, when you start as a coach, the thing you're your worst at is technique <laughs> and that takes years years to learn and to perfect Jeez. so you know when you're you're your second or third year coaching you you come up with this drill it works pretty good then you start thinking hey maybe i know what i'm doing brian what's one thing you would tell a, a new coach um that was trying to become a swim coach what's some advice you would give them have patience. Uh, the two things. One is um, learn. In fact, you know, I did have somebody come in and, and for a while uh, decided that they thought I knew what they was doing. They're going to learn from me this summer, past summer. So, you know, the first thing that I said was, um, you know, be willing to learn. Willing to learn. I mean, if, if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, you just ex- go from there. Learn, learn from that. And keep learning you know i said you can learn from everybody even if what you learn is the wrong thing to do sometimes that's that's important is learn what not to do and and then the other thing is is you know to to be patient you know kids aren't gonna get there overnight you're not gonna know what you know overnight um you know and stay away from the parents (laughs) Um, what is the most recent drill that you've came up with? Um, yeah, I know, I know we just did, uh, probably the scrape drill on backstroke. Oh, I gotcha. Not moon the moon. Oh no, that's, that's pretty moon old. One. Moon, let's go. That was, that was, that's from the Scott <laughs> area. That, that's from probably about 2005. Oh, you know, when we started, that's when we started doing uh, the motion breaststroke, the, the wave or whatever you want to call it, breaststroke. Yep. You know, we have to get the hips up. So that's the first trip we do for that. It, it was gotcha. called what, behind the surface and it got switched. Uh, well, actually, actually, the, it was first it was. Uh, there's two breaststrokers I had that needed to learn this Bryson and Sarah B Bryson S Sarah. Mm. So, you know, that morphed into behind the surface and then you know of course i don't know jonathan thinks he came up with moon the moon i don't know maybe matthew did (laughs) oh geez well brian you got anything else for us uh not really i mean there's hundreds of things but you know (laughs) yeah i've been coaching that long there's all kinds of stuff gotcha luke you got anything else you'd like to add any questions for brian no, I would just uh, like to thank Brian for uh, taking a good chunk of his time out on a Sunday night to record this episode. Brian, we know you look like you're about to get some. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was a long day at the Midwesters this morning, and then I had to do this. My national entry system, which is I had to talk to that guy for an hour to, to get it straight down. And then I had to upload times. So it was like, you should have these times. Why am I uploading times for you? Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, that's it. That's episode two of the last one, Fast One Podcast. Thanks, Brian, for coming on. All right. Peace. All right. Have a